The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 36. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the series on Why Bad Things Happen to Good People with an episode entitled, Well, at least you still have your... Oh, never mind. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is the third episode in a series on why do bad things happen to good people, which is a question that came from one of the listeners. And this particular episode, we'll be looking at Job 2. Last week in Job 1, we saw Job was doing very well, and in then one miserable, horrible, terrible bad day, because of something that had happened that he didn't even know about up in the throne room of God, Satan had challenged that Job would forget God if God took his protective wall from around him. And in this terrible day, Job lost, within the space of a minute or two, all ten of his children and all of his possessions. But he still had his health until Job 2. And the Bible says in Job 2, On another day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. But stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. There are those that believe that when God created the world, he created it as a watchmaker winds up a watch and then set it aside, doesn't get involved in it, but lets it wind down in its normal course of things. And for the people who believe that, we call deists. The reason there is evil in the world is this inattention from God, that God is not taking part in the world. But we should note that that particular set of beliefs is not compatible with Job 1 and 2. In the sense that, first of all, in the first chapter, everything is going well for Job, and Satan accuses God and basically says, Sure, Job is faithful to you. You are protecting him. You are acting actively in this world to protect Job. And what he says is that Job will curse you to your face if you take away that protection. And so there's an interesting thing that's going on in this particular narrative, both chapters, where there is still the sovereignty of God in the sense that all things are coming under the authority of God, and Satan can't do anything that is not allowed by that authority. Satan has to ask permission in these accounts before he can do anything to Job. 
But the other thing that's going on here is that God is allowing these things to happen. God is, within this sovereign God, is allowing these bad things to happen to Job. But he's also limiting them. Did you notice that also? That he says, you can do this, but not this. You can take away his goods, but don't harm his health. And then later on, you can take away his health, but don't harm his life. And God is putting limits on what Satan is allowed to do. There is still some protection that is being granted to Job by God. And this whole thing brings up a hard topic because basically people say, why would God cause this? Why would God send this evil? Why would God cause these bad things to happen to good people? And some obviously would go as far as saying, I can't believe that there would be a God, especially the God that you Christians describe, that would allow these bad things to happen. Or often it's said that would cause these bad things to happen. And in this account, God doesn't cause evil to happen to Job. But he does allow it. And we have to say that either God is sovereign and allows it, or is powerless to stop it. And what this account presents is a sovereign God who is not stopping evil. And we'll look at that in a little more detail in some of the upcoming episodes. In this account, it is clear that God's highest priority is not Job's safety and comfort. And I'll say that again. God's highest priority in this account is not Job's safety and comfort. Or another way of saying that is, if God allows his children Job is someone who he is really proud of, someone who is his favorite in these particular accounts. If he allows Job to feel pain and sorrow, then we need to consider the possibility that God's priorities are different than ours. Now, before we look at that, think about parenthood. If you have kids are there ever times that you would allow your children consciously allow them when you've given a choice to suffer pain? Well, sure. And sometimes you would do that because the pain is short and for a time and is better than the alternative. You give a baby a vaccination because what you're doing is more important than the temporary discomfort that that vaccination is going to cause. Right there in the delivery room, sometimes that baby gets a swat on the behind, which is a rather rude way to greet this earth, but probably an appropriate one, because that baby breathing is more important than its comfort. And we need to think about these things from God's perspective, because my argument is that a parent would allow a child to undergo pain with the idea that if it were brief, it had some greater goal, like a vaccination. I believe that God will allow us to endure pain because his greater goal is that faith and for him, this life, in comparison where he knows how we're going to spend eternity is short, fleeting, and only for a time. And the Apostle Paul is a good person to look at for this. Paul tells us in the letters to the Corinthians that he suffered beatings, 
stonings, was left for dead on two occasions, shipwrecks. So Paul went through some tough times. And he had this in the second chapter of Corinthians to say about these things. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, I don't know how Paul can look at being stoned and left for dead as light and momentary troubles. But he does. I don't know how Paul can look at the thorn in the flesh that he has, some physical affliction that he has, that he has prayed that God remove, and God has said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. I don't know how he can look at that and say, light and momentary troubles. But he does. And I don't know how Job can lose everything he has and then lose his health and sit on an ash heap scraping himself with a potsherd and say to his wife, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? But he did. As we said in the first episode in this series, we still live in a broken and fallen world. And God will sometimes put his sovereign protective wall around us, as he did with Job. And he will sometimes take away that protection, as he did with Job. And as we look at the next couple episodes of this, we'll look at what his friends say, and we'll look at what God says about why he did this to Job. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. Stay tuned for the rest of this series. I hope it is helping in some way. If you have any comments, send them to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave them as a comment on thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.